Oren B. Andy G. How's it going, mate? What's this fucking thing on, on your upper lip? This. <laughs> this is called Movember, mate. Jeez, you, you're doing all right. It's the 3rd of November now, and you've actually got something showing up. I would have had that much on the 27th. I had a couple of days in advance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's how I would look on the 29th of November. Yeah. Now, at this rate, I reckon it'll be six times this long, and I'll be able to go like that and curl the ends up. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going for the handlebars or just the slug? Yeah, mate. Handlebars. I'm just going for the bow. I, I thought about going down here. Yeah. But then I just I looked too much like my dad. Yeah, you'd be the spitting image of your <laughs> It was, mate. It was horrible. Even Erin goes, nah, shave it. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing you with it once before. Maybe it was a November in the past. And I was like, you're like 20 years younger than the, your dad, 20 years younger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did the mo. And I thought, yeah, that'll do. I'll try and get it a little bit longer on the side so I can do the little curly bits, yeah, like an Italian one. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I'll keep going. Are you doing, are you fundraising at all? Or? Yeah, I'll do some fundraising. Oh, very good. And uh, do some stuff because I think everyone in this day and age is affected by cancer. So, yep, or someone is connected to someone who is. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah. No, I just, I've tried growing moustaches in the past, and honestly, I need more than a month to do it. So. <laughs> I've never tried, eh? Like, I've always sort of got halfway through, thought, oh, I'll grow a beard, and then I get a little bit of it, and I go, fuck, this is itchy, and it annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just shave it off. Well, that's the yeah. thing. My wife gives me no affection if I have a hairy face, so... I'm a bit the same, but she's going to have to put up with it this month. Yeah. It's a worthy cause, mate. You'll have to, you'll yep. have to uh, give up anything for a whole month, and I'm, I'm sure you can manage. We won't go into yeah, detail. I just got to say to her, if you want me to shave your face, you've got to shave something else. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's crack into it. Two, three, four, <laughs> five. Down the tools and up the mic. Crack being the operative word. A radio guy. Two best mates chatting on the fly. We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same. We'll yarn about anything, it's all fair game. One hits nails and one nails hits. We'll review good beers and just shoot the sh- We're R&B and Andy G And this is Tradio, Tradio What episode are we now? 55? Yeah, we're getting up there, yeah. about 50 odd No, yeah. no, hang on, I need to double check this is it? Double check, mate I'm like super prepared for this, but I haven't actually looked at what number we're up to Fuck, I'm the opposite, eh? I've had such an insanely busy week. <laughs> I'm enjoying a few beers tonight, mate, because I've fucking had it this week. Yeah, fair enough, uh, too. Fair enough, too. Um, episode 55, I can geez. confirm. I can confirm, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I can confirm something tonight, too, that we've actually got a lot of listeners around the place because I went out for a beer tonight with some of my work colleagues. Hmm. Went to the penthouse and had a beer with them all. And one guy down there that I've never met before in my life goes, Oh, you know Andy really well, eh? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, he's a, he's a fr- old friend of mine and blah, or well, you know, I know him somehow. I can't remember how he knew you. But then he goes, oh, but you did do a podcast, eh? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, I've listened to it. It's a freaking hard case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who was it? Oh, what was Gareth? I think his name is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I used to um, yeah, I used to be alongside him at the Thames Fire Brigade. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, he's a good fellow. 
Oh, I like Gareth. Him and I have um, have had many campaigns together where we've uh, gone into building uh, burning buildings as a partnership. Yep. Um, yeah, so we, we've gone we've gone through it. He's a, he's an absolutely top top bloke. Well, he so, had nothing about good things to say about you. So ah, same back there to him go, actually. The dude the dude is just he's just a walking legend. Yeah, he was a pretty cool guy. I've never met him before. Eh? I've oh, yeah. heard of him. Yep. he's the new. He's the new president of the social club at ANG Price. So, well, that's because he gets cheaper beer, <laughs> <laughs> and that's he right. has done exactly the right thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hi Gareth. I appreciate the listenership. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I get feedback from you know friends and and colleagues around me yeah, who who listen. I don't. Yep. I've actually stopped actively promoting this now because. I just think it's nice to see where it goes organically. Yeah. It's just so popular, eh? Everyone just knows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like... um what is it? There's like 500 million different podcasts or something ridiculous around the world. I think we're in the holy sort of, moly. I think we're in like the bottom ten. I think so. We're we're, <laughs> we're so we're racing. We're racing. Not bottom. Not bottom ten percent. We're in the bottom ten. <laughs> the bottom ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're 499 million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninetieth. Which isn't too bad. I mean, we're on the up. Yeah, yeah. We're moving up in the world. <laughs> I tell you what, mate. I'm in my happy place now because I've got my new job all underway. I'm now yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. Officially, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, now officially working as a uh, foreign emergency dispatcher. I'm going to be honest with you, mate. I really, really look forward to going to work, and it's been um, a fantastic experience. I've only just done my first set, and a set comprises of four shifts, two days, two yep. nights. So I came off my uh, my last night shift this morning. And um, a great bunch of people. The work is exactly um, what I love doing. And um, I've yep. got to say this, it's it's literally baptism by fire, excuse the pun, but um, it literally is a lot to learn, a lot to take in. So it's a big learning curve. Sorry, but I'm playing with my microphone. Is it more relaxed than the medical side of it? It is more relaxed, I'll be honest with you. Um, the bread and butter, actually, for the communication centre and fire, a lot of it is admin calls. They don't get as many one-on-one calls as they do admin calls. And admin calls could be calls from firefighters or officers who are requesting things uh, like truck changes and maybe new equipment or replacement equipment or calling us from a scene to put in a situation report and all sorts of admin calls. We get fire investigators calling us, um, general members of the public who want home fire safety advice and all this kind of stuff and that's a lot oh, of really? the calls there so that's the that's the busy side of it um it's so, much... so just just one quick thing before I, i'll interrupt you here when you ring 111 it goes to you for fire mm. but say a general member of the public like me wants to ring and go where do i position my smoke alarms do i ring 111 no 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 there's, there's Are these people ringing 111 or is there a separate number there is yeah there's like an admin line you can call you can get the phone number it's um, an 0800 number on the fire and emergency website Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Did not know that. So yeah, it's just an admin line that does still come through to us, but it just doesn't come through via the one-on-one line. And uh, yeah, we do a lot of admin. Um, lots to learn though. So many different processes. It's actually quite intense, and it's going to be a few more sets yet before I'm really on top of it. But that's part and parcel of learning something new. Uh, the one-on-one is there course, a little bit more? Is it a little bit more involved than the the uh, St John side of it? Um, in in the admin side of things, yes. With with the one on one calls, 
Obviously, there's only really a set number of things that are happening. Either someone's crashed their car and they're trapped, or there's a house fire, or there's a rubbish fire, or a power line's come down, or a tree's fallen across the road. Then we just code it. We, we find it where they are. We code it um, appropriately, and it just gets sent off to dispatch, and we send a crew to go and check out the problem. But then we just ask some other questions as well so that we can get as much info as we can for the crew because the crew likes to know what they're going to and all the information that's necessary. But here's the thing. The one-on-one calls are very few and far between because um, police and ambulance would be the busiest because people are consistently getting sick. People are consistently needing police for various things. But people's houses aren't always burning down or you know people aren't always crashing their cars um and trees aren't always falling so we we get a lot less one-on-one calls but more admin stuff but here's the thing though the night shifts are very quiet i'll give you an example this morning i did not get a single phone call from 1am to 4am so i had three hours of nothing (laughs) absolutely nothing so um, someone's got to be on the end of the line though eh? well that's it yeah so they, they actually give you 90 minutes of break time throughout your 12-hour shift, but you really don't need to take it because you're actually, you've actually got a lot of downtime <laughs> during your night shifts. Yeah. Your day shifts are when you're busy. But, yeah, it's it's a whole different kettle of fish. I'm definitely in my happy place. I look forward to going to work. And, um, yeah, it's it's I've, I've finally found that thing, you know, that, that next thing, yeah. which is, um, yeah. yeah. Now, sometimes it takes a bit of getting, eh? Like, you've got to try and find the right thing that keeps you happy. So. Yeah, exactly. I never thought I'd ever find a job that actually pays more than what I was on on the radio. Um, but and I also reckon 70% of your calls would come from your old station, from Thames. <laughs> yeah. I have, the I have siren never stops. Yeah, I have watched uh, a few of their jobs coming in. Like, first port of call, if someone rang 111 from your neck of the woods, that would go to Auckland. If oh, yeah. somebody in Wellington or, say, south of Taranaki was to ring 111, it would go to Wellington, and South Island will come to us. But if all the Auckland call takers or dispatchers are busy, the Wellington dispatchers are busy, we will take the call from anywhere in the country. Um, yeah. Yeah, so haven't taken anything for Thames yet, but I've seen a few of their jobs popping up on the screen as the trucks have been attached. Happy place, stoked, and there's lots of progression too. There's lots of promotional opportunities, and with That's that good. comes good pay rises. So uh, yeah, can really uh, earn some good money doing it, and lots of overtime Ching-ching. opportunities. Yeah, mate, yeah. it's good. So we might, <laughs> yeah, we might finally in the next year, once I get more established, uh, be able to eventually afford our own home. So or a holiday to Rarotonga next year with us. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's that's overdue, isn't it? Yep. We need to have a holiday together, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Go fishing. Well, yeah. The ladies have wine, we'll go fishing. Well, the belated the belated joint 40th, wasn't it? Fuck, that was a few years ago now. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Jesus, time's flying, isn't it? <laughs> I know. But we'll, we'll be down your way soon, mate, in uh, about three, four weeks. Yeah, yeah, we're going to catch yeah. up for breakfast, mate. That'll be good. So we're going to have a, are we going to have a drink for breakfast? we have beer for breakfast or what? Oh, definitely. Champagne <laughs> breakfast, mate. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, so we've got to come down for our work do. So we'll we'll come down, we'll get down there about midday, I think, on the Saturday. Yeah. Go to a hotel and then we'll go out with the boss for a, for a few drinky poos and bits and pieces. And it sounds like he's going to set up beer pong at his house for us to go back to afterwards. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we're going to have a beer pong competition. Mm. He's a freaking dag, my boss. Eh? He's great. Um, That's awesome. And your wife's with you too, yeah. eh? Yeah, so even Mrs. is coming down, yep. yep. And the other counterpart, Jeff, and his, his wife are coming down. Mm. So there'll be a few of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
I mean, talking of travel, etc. I've obviously spent the last um, best part of a month in Wellington, and um, that's right. Yeah. Now I'm back home in Christchurch. I've now jumped back into the closet. I, I you know, came out of the Gone closet. Back so into the go, closet. Yeah. <laughs> came out of the closet so I could go to Wellington. Now I'm back in the closet. But um, I got COVID. Um, oh bugger! Yeah, just after our last podcast, I got COVID, and I was off um, my course for like six days. And um, oh shit! So <laughs> do you have to go and catch up or? No, 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 no. Luckily, they were happy enough with my knowledge set that uh, they weren't too worried about me missing the days, which is good. There was a weekend in the middle of that too, so there were. It was actually Labor Weekend, you know, we had the the long weekend. Yeah, that's right. So in theory, there were three days in the middle that uh, no one was doing anything, so I only really missed three days of the course. But uh, yeah, and I got COVID, and it's quite incredible. Um, I actually tested in the morning because I had some tests with me because my classmate had had COVID the week before, so he missed about five days. And um, I thought, well, we'll test every morning because my throat felt scratchy. And I thought, well, that's that's unusual. So I tested. And the little COVID test that I did, the bottom line showed up first, which apparently is invalid according to the instructions that came with it. So I did a second one. The bottom line lit up first, so that was invalid. So I did a third one. And the third one showed I was positive. But by the time the third one showed positive, the other two had also shown up positive too. So I had three tests that all showed positive, which was definitive for COVID. You must have had the nasty case of it. Yeah, it was like <laughs> yeah, it was like the lines were bright. You know where the lines are like really definitive, really bright. You yep. know that you've got fucking COVID. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. But the thing is, though, like I was scratchy throat on day one, or day zero as they call it, because they want day zero and then day one, two, three, four, five. And on the third day, I was incapacitated, man. I was in bed. I felt like utter shit. And it was, I felt like fucking horrible. But then by the sixth day, it was like I was not sick. It was like I'd never had it. So it's kind of weird. I haven't, I touch wood. I haven't had COVID yet. Mm. I've had everything else under the freaking sun twice. (laughs) (laughs) Not COVID. Yeah. It it just is it quite nasty, is it? Well, it just, it just takes it out of you. And it's so much different to, this is like man flu times 10, um, if that explains <laughs> it. But the, the weird thing is, though, well, is that day one, scratchy throat, day three, absolutely incapacitated, and then day six, like nothing had happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off to the pub, exactly right. But anyway, yeah, I was lucky, though, because um, I did mention in my last podcast that Fire and Emergency had actually forgotten to book me my accommodation in Wellington. Yeah, that's right. So they gave you me ended this. You the mint place, though. Yeah, they gave me this villa. So I was able to cook for myself. And my, my boss is awesome. She had the credit card for Fens. And, and she went to the supermarket and did the groceries for me. And I had enough meals to last me the whole time I was locked away. <laughs> um, it was brilliant. And It'd I did save your money, eh? So much Netflix. Fucking hell. So much Netflix. You get Did to you the watch point. any good series? Yeah, I I just watched. I, I'm more I'm more into documentaries rather than series. So you know, I watched like the David Beckham documentary, and there was a newsreader in the UK called Jill Dando who was murdered in the nineties, and I was watching that documentary and heaps of docos. But you get to a point where you're just so Netflixed out, you're like, fuck, I want to go back to work. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been like that. Yeah, but anyway, from that, from that, so because I was staying in a place called the Terrace, which is um, not far from the CBD. Do you think? That the Terrace is a name for a hotel in every single city in New Zealand? Oh, it must be, eh? <laughs> it's the, it's Pretty the, sure I've stayed at a place called the Terrace. It's the go-to, isn't it? 
yeah, yeah. So it was the like t- a royal crown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was like, yeah, it was the Terrace Fillers. And about three o'clock one morning, I heard these loud gunshots there were like four of them and they were not that far away from me it was like bang bang and they were very there were four of them so they actually sounded like very consistent which to me may not have been gunshots per se but it fucking sounded like it it gave me the gave me the shits about two o'clock in the morning i thought fuck is there a gunman out there (laughs) um and then i heard them again at about 10 to 5 that morning so i went onto a uh, social media page and went and found a wellington um, sub page on there and I just put a, a note saying hey did anybody hear the gunshots described that they were like two seconds apart and there were four of them and they happened at 2am and again just before five and uh, someone came back and said oh yeah I heard them too I think they were just fireworks because there were kids pissing around uh, with fireworks so that's that's what it was but uh, yeah I was a little bit worried that there was a gunman on the loose and I was like holy crap <laughs> And then someone actually commented on my message that I put onto the social media page and said, well, did you go and investigate it? And I basically, and I retorted (laughs) and I said, well, yeah, that would have been pretty wise, eh, champ? Especially if there's a fucking gunman on the loose, right? And then that that comment got downvoted to hell by everyone else. So I was like, fucking sweet. What a dickhead, what a dickhead thing to say. Did you go and investigate it? Yeah. But Wellington, like, I, I couldn't see myself living there because the place is just... I don't know. It doesn't feel like home for obvious reasons, but other than windy, yeah, yeah, mate. Landing there is. Uh, I like turbulence, but this turbulence was one hell of a ride. Because uh, like knuckle hanging onto the seat. Do you ever notice <laughs> when you yeah when you're actually flying? Um, do you notice how we only have the the lap belt when we sit on planes, but then yep. when the cabin crew go and sit down, they pull down this fucking massive seat and they strap down each shoulder and they strap across their middle. Like, why do the cabin crew the five, have five point yeah, yeah, race what, harness, mate? Why race do harness. the cabin crew have a race <laughs> harness and we've just got this shitty little lap belt? Like, what's that saying? You know why they sit backwards, eh? Facing the facing the uh, passengers. Not sure. And so they can see the terrified look on your face when you're going to crash. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, yeah, this is the crazy thing, though, is because on my flight back from Wellington to Christchurch, I had the very front seat on an ATR. So I was at the very yeah. front, which means I was last to get off the bloody thing. I'm right up the front where the cockpit slash luggage area is, and that's where the cabin crew lady, because you can't call them stewards or stewardesses anymore, can you? You've got to be. Uh, yeah, anyway. no, nah, do it. Don't yeah. be PC. Don't that's, be one of those wankers. That's where the stewardess yeah. was sitting. Um, yeah. <laughs> and she that's was right, right in front of me, and it's like, got nowhere else to look. But it's like awkward, eh? You're like every time you lock eyes, you have this. You just give this little smile, lift to say, "Oh, sorry." Just do the little nod. Just do the little, you know, the little, you know. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? How many how times you can you nod at each other before it becomes awkward? <laughs> a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, Man, those to- ATRs crack me up, eh? Whenever I fly on one of those things, especially if you're near the wing, like you look out the window and there's this massive propeller spinning around right there, and you think every now and then, you know, like a big turbine lets go of a blade, and you think. <laughs> I really don't want one of those big blades to let go because I'm sitting right in the line of fire if it comes this way. Yeah. And I'd be fucked, <laughs> to put it nicely. So would everyone else. I don't think uh, you would be alive long enough to have to worry about it, to be honest with you. No. <laughs> but it is like kind of, you know, you've got to get on the plane and you always feel like, shit, where are the pedals? Are we supposed to pedal? Like, help. <laughs> Yeah, especially when they're trying to take off. You're like, fuck, is this thing actually going fast enough to get any lift? 
Yeah, yeah, and you think, is it going to get off the ground or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, no, that was my thing. The captain comes and goes, ladies and gentlemen, can you all please pedal a bit faster? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just going back to when I was in isolation for my COVID, like I was free to leave if I wanted to, but I just had to mask up. But I, oh, I yeah. thought, well, I'm not going to be that guy and pass it on to everyone. You don't have to isolate now, eh? You just no. can go out and just, just yeah. <coughs> yeah. pop all over <laughs> the body. I, um, the thing is, though, with the communication centres, because I was based at the Central Communication Centre, if I went in there with COVID, I would have wiped everyone out. Um <laughs> But I was talking about when I was isolated, isolating uh, voluntarily. I watched a lot of Netflix, and actually there were lots of movies on general TV as well. And I noticed recently, um, I think it was Sky Open, which used to be called Prime TV, and yeah. they've been showing the Back to the Future trilogy, and oh, yeah. the TV um, in the room I was in was like a you know an HD, whatever the hell it was, and I was just I was watching the Back to the Future movies, and they were back to back, and I was like. The the magic of that movie is gone with these high definition TVs now, because you know all the <laughs> yeah because you know all the special effects that they've put into the movie, they looked bloody yeah. awesome on VHS. But now that we've yeah. got all these high def TVs, you can see that it's just obviously superimposed. It's, it just takes away that mm-hmm. magic, you know. It's it's unfortunate. You can pick up the wires now, eh? You can see all the strings hanging down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. And you know, there's one scene where. Um, I, I think it's Back to the Future Part 3 when they're in 2015 and they find Jennifer in an alleyway, the police do, and yeah. they put her into the back of their, poli- their hover police car and then they disappear. But when I was watching the police officers walking to get into their car, because the, the effect, you know, the, the superimposed effect of the police car on the screen was so obvious on this high def TV, you could see that the cop, when she walked around behind the car, you could see that she was actually almost sitting on a seat, if you know what I mean. Like there's, there must have been a yeah. chair there that she went and sat yeah. on, and they've just covered it over with the graphic of the police car. Yeah. And it was just so obvious. And I was just like, these high <laughs> definition TVs just completely fuck these yeah. movies. Um, That's when you go. And done. Yeah. Turn the TV off. <laughs> yes, and that's the end of Back to the Future for me. God damn it! Still, yeah, they were great movies. The they came movies. out. I like those. Yeah, they're brilliant. They still are brilliant. But I think you've got to. Oh, Michael them J. Movie. Fox is a bit buggered now, though, eh? He is, man, and it's fucking sad. Poor bugger. It's so sad. Like he's raised yeah. billions, billions and billions for the cause, hasn't he? Shit, yeah. I saw him with uh, his counterpart, the guy that acted as Emmett Brown. Dr. Yeah. Emmett Brown on all the show. Christopher. They were at a Comic-Con. They were comic- at Comic-Con together. Did you see that? Christopher Lloyd. And he walked out on, yeah, and he, doc- and he walked out on stage with him and Michael J. Fox come out and I was like, fuck, man, he can hardly walk. He's that bad. Now I just yeah. made it to sort of go and help him. And Well, he fell over on stage a while ago when he was coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just- a fucking cruel disease, man. It is. It is absolutely mm. cruel. Um, but yeah, no, I mean- the movies will forever be iconic, and I'll, I'll never give up on them. I'll, I'll watch them over and over and over again, you know, because they're just such good movies. But high-definition TVs, unfortunately, just take away the fun of the um, <laughs> effects in the movie, you know. Marty, <coughs> we need to go back to the future. But, Doc, we can't go yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were great movies, all right. Um, mm, that beer is quite nice, actually, tonight. What are you drinking? I'm just on a good old Montice tonight, Montice Original. Oh, that's a bit spish. I'm on uh, the Max Interstate American. Oh, I've got some. Um, I've got some IPAs. I think they are in the in the fridge. I'll go and grab one of those in a minute. 
Yeah, it's my first beer in a couple of weeks, actually. I don't drink as often as I used to. No, um, I'm the same, mate. I'd sort of try and avoid it as much. Well, not avoid it, but just I just during the week don't really have time either, really. Just no. too busy with work. So That's it. And I guess the weekend, I'm quite happy to have a couple. Yeah, and, and being hungover does not lend itself to my line of work. <laughs> uh, nah, same with me now. I've, got, I've always, like, you know, like you, you, you start to run out of time, you know. Like on the weekends, you don't want to have a hangover because you've got like, shit to do. And <sighs> but anyway. I just need to win lotto. I didn't win lotto. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do too. Like if I won lotto, I've already thought this out. I would buy properties in various places that are close to good friends. So I'd buy, you know, a good pl- a place in Thames, obviously near you and your family. And what I would do is I would actually have a common room on the side of the house, which is just like a big man cave with all sorts of shit in it—a bar, pool table, everything that would that you just enjoy and a big walk-in fridge that just has the craziest selection of beer and what I would just say to my mates is you turn up whenever you want and that is yours I want you to win, I want you to win lotto yeah <laughs> come to your house yeah I'll be like yeah. you guys just turn up this is your place you come here if you fancy a beer after work just fucking turn up go in the fridge help yourself play pool yeah. chuck on some music I would have that common room on the side of my house that would be mine thing that'd be freaking good eh? that's a good idea that yeah that's a good idea absolutely that's uh anyway so yeah if one of us wins lotto we'll uh, we'll organize something i'm sure <laughs> yeah because uh, actually um i would buy myself a decent boat as well i would absolutely do that but see um you need a big boat big boat big one very big boat Radio. talking to that actually in the last podcast we were talking about fishing and you know how cell phones supposedly listen to everything you're talking about because so, yeah. I always have my cell phone with me when uh, we're recording. It just sits here because I have notes on it that I've uh, put together over the two weeks prior to uh, talk about. And because the cell phone's been with me, after the last podcast and we were talking about fishing and boats and all this kind of stuff, do you know what? I have been nothing but inundated by ads from fishing companies and um, yeah. and also getting Paddy certified. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. So I've been inundated... By relative emails talking about fishing and boats ever since we were talking about them in the last podcast, and they just keep coming in. Like in my email. Amazing how it's targeted like that, eh? It's just mad. I had a similar thing because I was talking to the missus about about Rarotonga, actually, about maybe next year doing a trip up there and actually taking my mum and dad and having a family trip up there. Mm-hmm. Taking the old man out because, yeah, he's a bit bloody, he's a bit down on, down on health at the moment. So, but yeah, as soon as I started mentioning it, eh, like, on my phone all the time, stuff about Rarotonga, flights and accommodation and bits up to Rarotonga. And so I was like, oh, obviously the bloody thing is listening to me. Yeah. AI, mate, dangerous AI. It is. <laughs> um, there is a video, I think it might be on YouTube or maybe it was doing the rounds on Facebook of a young, of a girl who, um, who wanted to do an experiment to see if phones were literally listening to you. So what she did is she picked something which is completely irrelevant to her life and every time she was around her devices she would talk about Italian language lessons and she would make sure that it was obviously talking about Italian language lessons oh no, sorry I thought the fire siren was going um, <laughs> but I can't go because I've been drinking anyway sorry so mm. she was talking about Italian language lessons every time she was around her device because she wanted to see if that's all she would get information about whenever she went onto websites and saw ads and sure enough for a little while afterwards every time she went onto websites the banners would be about Italian food it would be about Italian language lessons it would be everything relating to Italian it would be ads that were in Italian <laughs> like my beard <laughs> <laughs> 
My mustache. Yeah, your mustache, yo. <laughs> Hello, yeah. <laughs> Have to call you Super Luigi. Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah. My name is Luigi. <laughs> I'll be really yep. keen to see how your mustache goes through the month anyway. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah so grow it. every time you, uh, last time you and I were talking about fishing, that's, I've just been inundated with related ads and even in my junk email. Which, in some respects, I'd rather get ads about fishing than all of these ladies who keep emailing me in my junk folders asking me to see pictures of my dick and wanting to, you know. Yep. They're just random, some of those things. It's like, would you like to date a lady from Thailand? (laughs) (laughs) Or something, eh? Uh, No, thanks. (laughs) Like, I'll go and let's have a look now, actually, just while we're talking about this. I'm going to go into my spam email right now, and I'm going to see what kind of emails I have sitting there. Oh, there you go. There's a fishing one. Fuck buddy request. Oh, I've got a, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've got a fuck buddy request from Sarah. Hi, babe. Is what it says. I didn't open these. Oh, Samantha wants me. Samantha. Yeah, the, she sounds nice. Yeah, look. Maybe you should call it. Samantha, I want you. <laughs> what else is I'm there? I'm sure you do, love. I'm sure you do. <laughs> There's not many porn ones in here today. Oh, <laughs> you, oh here you go. Ukraine beauty. I've got Eleanor for fu- for fun, love, friendship, and even more. Anyway, so a mixture of uh, fuck buddy requests and uh, phishing emails is what I've been getting randomly since we were talking about it. Um, but then again, have I just dug myself a hole by saying I seem to be getting ads for things I'm talking about, and suddenly I'm getting all these porn requests? <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you, I've not been talking about porn. Talking of that kind of stuff, I um, I'm thinking we might have what, to make it. Yeah, we might have to make <laughs> we might have to make a new feature on the show because uh, on the podcasts, like you know, we've got the dad joke feature and that, and uh, and I thought, well, we should have a feature which I'm yet to define a name for, but it should be one where because I like scouring um, social media and just reading funny posts, I quite enjoy that kind of thing where people ask these really obscure questions and just reading the comments and the answers to that question is something I enjoy doing, and I keep finding them, yeah. and uh, I like to share them on the podcast. And I've got one here, Uh, it's one that I stumbled upon, and the question was, on social media, how do you ask for sex? (laughs) So so this is obviously, and and I think that the, the, the transcript of this one really was, how do you ask for sex? And underneath, it was like, how do you approach your partner and ask them to have sex with you, okay? Now, big, big. I'm going to read out some of the... <laughs> I, 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 begging normally gets a denial, I noticed. Yeah. But anyway, here's some of the responses to this question on social media. How do you ask for sex from your partner? And here we go. Here's some of the answers. This one says, the traditional way, I contact my attorney, who in turn contacts my wife attorney, and things progress at a respectable pace from there. <laughs> my, my wife and I have always enjoyed a certain level of formality in our marriage. This one here says, my wife writes romance novels, so I just have to breathe. <laughs> this one here says, yesterday I got out of the shower and I was going to say to my wife either, man I want some pussy, or man I need to get my dick sucked. But what came out was, man I need some dick. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is how do you ask for sex from your partner this answer says submit a request through the HR portal with at least two weeks of advance notice <laughs> uh, this one here which is great and that I, one I agree with <laughs> <laughs> this one here is fantastic and I've seen a video depicting this one but it says hey honey here's the paracetamol 
but I don't have a headache. Good. Let's have sex then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one here says... Love it. That's a good one. (laughs) I'm actually going to try that one on my wife. Um, Yeah, I have to too now. (laughs) (laughs) This one says, show off your resplendent feathers while doing a nimble dance. Like a peacock, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Up the back. <laughs> uh, this one here says, want to go halves on a bastard? Heard this from an Irish comedian and just about died. <laughs> want to go halves on a bastard? Want to go halves on a bastard? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the question is, how do, you ask, how do you ask for sex from your partner? This one here says, I take my wife's hand gently and lovingly, then I look deep into her beautiful eyes and scream, cock. And then she (laughs) (laughs) And then (laughs) And then She proceeds to sex me (laughs) Uh, This one here says Hey babe, want to be disappointed again? (laughs) (laughs) And this is the last one I pulled from it How do you ask for sex when your partner This answer said I actually sent my wife A Microsoft Outlook invitation for sex once Thinking it would be quirky and funny She declined it due to a planned headache (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah they're so predictable i have to admit women are so especially our wives they're just so predictable sometimes they they reckon they're spontaneous but no they're not (laughs) i've got to try the paracetamol box one eh? i've seen that in the video where this guy just chucks paracetamol at his wife and see he goes the paracetamol she's like what is this for and you say it's for your headache she goes i don't have a headache okay let's go Let's go. Bedroom now. (laughs) I just checked my emails while I was uh, sitting here not doing a lot. And uh, did you get a point? I'm now a qualified maritime VHF radio operator. Congrats, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I can now go uh, Coast Guard Radio, Coast Guard Radio, Coast Guard Radio. (laughs) And I'm on the boat. Is that that all you have to do to pass? Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was the whole course. Just had to learn to say that. So Coast Guard Radio, Coast Guard Radio, Coast Guard Radio. So where's my certificate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's no, awesome. We had, to learn all the, we had to learn all the channels and the call signs and the bloody all kinds of shit, eh? It was just, I've still got a lot to learn. Like, that's just the basics of it, so. Yeah. Have you actually been um, on any calls yet? Uh, not calls yet because I'm, I'm I should be I'm now wet crew basically with that certificate I'm now wet crew so um, I'm now deck I'm now class as a deckhand so I've got my beeper now so that's good and my phone should be set up with uh, what's it called um, active nine one one so excellent I oh, so you're you're like the the greenhorn I'm the greenhorn mate I was out on the boat last weekend I spent Sunday on the boat we uh, went out and did a whole heap of training and rough sea training because it was blowing its ass off and rough as guts man yeah, but the sort of day you would not go out fishing on the Harriki Gulf <laughs> and we were out there freaking doing training and you know trying to read navigation and we're trying to do cl- um, coastline search patterns and stuff like that in the rough sea in the boat but I've been I've kind of in a way, I think they're training me up to be a helmsman for the boat because I, I, I was basically in charge of the boat from when we left the shore um, all the way out, did all the stuff, did the shoreline search, and I was in charge of the boat. So they just left me in charge of the boat. So that was good. So I was helmsman for the day. It was good. Oh, solid. Cool boat to run, man. Fuck, it's got some grunt. Yeah. What, what, what kind of outboards does it have on it? Uh, twin 175 four-stroke Yamahas. Yeah, it'd be one hell of a stable boat, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's good, man. You can do like 40 knots in rough sea, 
and it just oh. pounds through the waves. That's great. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I suppose that's a quality you want in a rescue boat, though, right? Yeah, you do. You want it to be stable. <clears throat> yeah, but I think the only problem is it doesn't have um, fishing rod holders. That's something you've got to try. Nah, and that's sort right. Out. <laughs> There's no fishing rod holders or beer, or you know, or cup holders for your beer. So, oh, somewhere yeah. to clip on a barbecue and that, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe it's it or not, terrible. some of the big boats do actually have, like the big Dadiadar and some of the bigger Coast Guard rescue boats um, have barbecues on board and mm. little fridges and stuff like that for drinks. And we just take a coolie bag out with some cans of Coke and Sprite and water in it. <laughs> oh, that's a bit boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something to keep you going while you're trying to find people lost, in se- lost at sea. No, so. that's awesome, yeah. I mean, because we've covered this before, like... When you go on a call out on the Coast Guard boat, you get alerted, you turn up, your call outs could be a simple rescue, but you're out for five fucking hours, you know. Yeah. By the time you get there, get out to the boat, especially if it's just a tow with a breakdown, we hook onto their boat, then we've got to tow them into the airport. So even if the airport's freaking Auckland or Coromandel or somewhere else, you know, we've got to tow them into the airport, uh, drop them off make sure they're safe until they get back on the trailer, basically, and then we can leave. So um, it can be a very long day, yeah. especially with big boats, because we tow, we'll tow anything up to about 40 foot with our boat. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when you're towing a boat of any of some, same size or less than our one, we'll actually tow on the plane. So mm. so we'll crank up to freaking like 30 knots for the boat in tow behind us. <laughs> So it's freaking a bit spooky for the people behind us, but they've just got to sit back and just hold on, basically. Yeah, yeah, a bit scary for those who are maybe on a sailboat who can only go at like 10 knots generally. Yeah, no, sailboats (laughs) is a whole different story. We usually either tow them slow or raft up. Right. Raft up beside them and tie them to the boat. Ah, gotcha. Oh, there you go. See, you're bringing out all the different processes there, mate. So you've obviously learned a few things. We had knot tying the other night. We had... We had uh, Sunday training on the boat, and then Tuesday night we had training, actual down at the yeah place. So we did knot tying and navigation stuff. So we're learning how to use the uh, basically how to find waypoints on our navigation system on the boat, and, and also how to tie knots, which was for me is like fucking hell, man. I have n- half the time I'm like I don't know, knots and knot in it, and they're like, oh, I do a half bowling and a fucking do a boat knot and blah blah blah, and it's like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few, there's a few ways to twist a rope, mate. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. our our captain, well, what, not our captain, our, our one of our chief navigators. He's been in the coast guard for years, and he's an ex sailor and stuff. So, mate, he know he can tie like some knots. Like he'll just flick it around the bollard with one hand, and he just goes like that, and there's a knot there, and you think, how the fuck did you do that? You know, like <laughs> he does it with one hand, and you're like, <laughs> he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can ask him to tie any knot out of one of the blooming books. You know, like you say, tie a I don't know a real weird like a like a reef knot. Tie a reef knot. Show us how it's done, and you just go done, <laughs> just like that. Yeah, some of those some of those old salty sea dogs are pretty on top of that stuff, eh? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's a pretty clued up guy. He's actually really good to have on the coast guard. So, yeah, how many how many people volunteer from your side of it though? Uh, there's quite a few actually. There's must be 20 or 30 people actually in the Coast Guard, but there's quite a few of them that are dry crew that just do land stuff for us. Uh, and there's probably 10 or 12 wet crew, so depends who can make it. We've got two masters, 
uh, and we're going to have a third soon. The other guy's just finished his training. He's just doing his last certificates, and he'll be a, a master or like a captain of the boat, so yep. he can take a, take the boat out. And then we've got to have a navigator on board, so all of us are being trained in navigation, mm. and uh, and we've all had to do radio operators. So, yeah, there's about the common guys that turn up all the time. There's about nine yep. that are the most regular crew. We've got our own uniforms and um, – stuff down there so we know exactly which hook to grab to put our we've got to put our safety gear on especially if it's rough wet weather gear so yep yep oh that's good man yeah stoked that it's sort of working out for you because that's that's kind of where you that's where you naturally belong isn't it yeah man i love the ca it's uh for me it just seems like a natural step to sort of try and go into something where i can actually make a difference yeah i'll tell you what i had to put my um first aid training into into uh practice the other day so that was interesting oh yeah do tell um i had uh i was just i had to drop my car off at the local mechanics my work car for a uh, service and i thought oh, i'll just walk home and get a bit of exercise and it's like a 10 15 minute walk so i was walking home and we walked past the car park and i saw this young lady standing beside the passenger's door of a car and she looked upset you know she could just see in her face and she was on the cell on her cell phone I just walked past and I was going past her, but I was just having a glance back a couple of times. I thought, nah, there's something wrong there, you know, like that situation doesn't look right. So I turned around and walked back and I was just walking over to the car and I noticed there was someone sitting in the front seat of the car. So I got there and the girl was in tears and I said, oh, is, you know, is everything okay? What's going on? You know, and she said, oh, it's my mum and she's in the front seat. She's having a seizure. So, mm. and I looked and this woman's in the front seat and she was having a, it was a pretty bad seizure, man. She was like all locked up and, yep. you know, she was in a bad way. So just as I started, I just sort of said, well, you talk, keep talking to the ambulance because she was on the phone to the ambulance and they said they were on their way. So I sort of helped the woman just stabilize her a little bit. And then out of the blue, her, um, the woman, the girl's father, which is the, the woman's husband, showed up out of, in his ute. So him and I sort of helped and just stabilized her just to, just while she was still having a seizure. And yeah. Yeah, and we got the uh, got the ambulance there, and then I hung around with the ambulance crew because she was quite a big lady, and we had to sort of get her onto the stretcher and and get her out of the um, car and get her into the ambulance and get her on her way to the hospital. But yeah, she she in the seizure, she bit her tongue quite badly, and yeah, they do yeah. the blood, and and then she started sort of throwing up because she you know just with convulsions and stuff. So mm. yeah, so it was like, and we'd learned all about that at our first aid course only in, I don't know six six weeks ago or whatever yeah. it was. So. And that's the thing. With, that's the thing with seizures. You got to let them have the seizure. Yeah, um, you can't do much about it. You've just got to stop them from hurting themselves. No, exactly. I mean, if they if they wake up afterwards, good. If they don't, then you've got to make sure they're on their side. Um, it was it was a long one, man. She was like seizing for probably at least fifteen minutes. Was she epileptic and, uh, or diabetic or anything like that? They don't know. They said she's had a, had a seizure like that before but it was a long time ago and she hasn't had one for a long time but yep. she sort of came to as we got her onto the stretcher mm. and uh and then she was sort of she was coherent then yeah and um yeah so yeah it's kind of weird especially seeing someone in that state i had and i was a little bit used to it because i had a friend of mine who years and years ago was a good friend of mine and he had leukemia and part of that leukemia he had um used to have seizures quite a lot and I remember seeing him having having a seizure. Oh, probably probably five times I saw him have seizures. You know, yep. sort of something you, you get used to. It's not nice, but you get used to it. Yeah, I I feel though that um, when you've done your first aid qualifications and you almost have a level of confidence and almost a sixth sense to that kind of thing happening, you tend to notice it more often. Yeah, and that's like I said with that girl. I just looked at her and I thought, 
and I was across, across the car park. She was probably 100 metres away from me. Mm. And I just looked at her and I thought, there's something not right there. She doesn't look happy, you know, there's something going on. So I turned around and walked back, you know, and, and, and you get that sixth sense that there's something not right. Yeah. Oh, good on you, mate. Yeah. I mean, this is it. When we were talking about the fact that you're off to do your first aid as part of the Coast Guard thing, I do recall us saying that um, first aid is just so important for anyone, and not if you're just in the emergency services, but you can use it in day-to-day life. Yeah, mate. Anywhere, eh? Yeah. Anytime. Absolutely. Your work colleague might fall, might fall over and have a seizure, or they might have a medical thing. They might cut themselves or something yeah. like that. You know, you need to sort of have a bit of an idea of how to help them. And this is it. it you know, it's just the same thing if you're if you're at work, it's 2.13 in the afternoon. At 2.14, you could be on the floor giving CPR to someone. Yeah, that's right. And if you don't know how to do it, then you're not much used to people. No, exactly. You know? No, it's worth it's worth doing the uh, couple of days course just to, you know, just to get yep. that uh, that experience. I think and it's worth it. you know the it. song, eh, for doing CPR? Ha, 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 yeah. ha. Stand alive, stand alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right, eh? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yep, absolutely. There's lots of other songs that you can actually uh, do it to, though. But um, you just try and not don't do it to Pantera or something like that, because you might actually <laughs> <laughs> overdo it. <laughs> 130 beats a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is it, though. Um, I'm just going to say from experience, if you ever end up giving CPR and you start hearing cracking, keep going. <laughs> yep, don't stop. Nope. Broken ribs Bones will heal. do not matter. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, good on you, mate. That's, that's bloody awesome. And um, I, I, I hope she's okay. But I'm also yeah, it, yeah it, I do too. Also, also glad that there was someone there that uh, knows what they're doing. And she, she's some of these people don't. Um, Oh, how, how, how's the best way to word this? She's she's very lucky that there was someone on the scene that knows what they're doing, and she probably has no idea. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, her being uh, the woman's daughter too probably doesn't help the situation. You know, she's emotionally involved in it, so yeah. it probably blocks your ability to think a bit clearer. So. Yeah, I think one of the toughest things on a on a first aid, you know, on an incident scene, is actually the bystanders, the family, the people that are involved with the. You you you've got the best example of it out of anyone. You gave your own father CPR. I mean, that's fucking unbelievable, mate. Yeah, but, I know, bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. I know, there's not many people can say they've done that. That was pretty. It's pretty pretty good of you. Yeah, it's just right. over over ten years ago now. But yeah, he's still he's still ticking, and um and and this is it. I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but uh, I knew CPR, and that's ultimately what saved him. So that's that's just walking proof that having a first aid qualification yeah. is uh, the best thing you can. So have what we're trying to say here, what we're trying to say to everyone is, if you can, go and learn CPR, go and learn first aid, go and do a basic first aid certificate. You never know; it might help save someone in your own family. Absolutely, choking. That's a big one. Yeah. So. Yeah, you don't, and I, I don't want to undo anything here, but you don't necessarily need to be qualified in first aid. You just need to have a chat with someone who knows how to do it, get them to show you the yeah. basics at least, and then That's you can right. top just it up with a course, yeah. Roughly what to do. Yeah, so. but anyway, don't don't let that detract anyone from actually doing a course because you'll get more out of it that way. Yeah. So you know how I'm an avid fan of disc golf, or frisbee golf is another translation. 
Yeah, what so, have you done now? Well, I'm I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of a league at the moment down here in Christchurch, which happens every year, and it's where you just get probably about eighty to ninety people register for the league, and everyone's at a different skill level. And then basically all those different skill levels are split into groups, so they end up playing people of the same skill level through the league, and then at the end there's like this best of the best competition, and you end up playing each other. It's it's like a rugby world cup, right? Um, yeah, a similar type setup. But anyway, um, <laughs> I played my. Th- I'm playing catch ups at the moment because I've been in Wellington the last month, so I've missed out on three games, which I'm now playing catch ups. And I played a 13 year old boy today, and he fucking handed me. <laughs> he handed me my ass. He absolutely destroyed me on the course today. 13. He, he's been playing oh, since COVID lockdown. Suck it up, noob. Yeah. <laughs> suck it up, noob. Um,. I've been playing disc golf since 2012, and by no means does that mean I'm amazing at it. I'm just better than I was 11 years ago. And this young kid started playing in 2020 during COVID lockdown, and he beat me. What he did? He ended up beating me by five shots today. Um, you know, and Jeez. I was. I was I was nothing but amazed at this kid though. Like in a few years, he's going to be unstoppable, and yeah. it's great to see people of that age actually that good at that age because yeah. you know that when they're older, they're just going to be amazing at this thing. I didn't play great either, but then at the end it's of like the day, the Tiger Woods of disc golf. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it just it just got me thinking. Like I've been playing this thing for eleven years. Why am I still so shit? <laughs> And some people just pick it up in a couple of years, and they're just amazing at it. Yep. Like I was nothing but um, congratulatory to this kid. I mean, I wasn't pissed off in any way because that—that's not sportsmanship. But I was just just more than impressed at how he played. But you know, I did go into it thinking, "Oh, he's thirteen. I'll just fucking, I'll just kill him on the course." You know, I've been yeah, playing for. I've been playing for pretty much his whole life. Anyway, we went out there, and I, I don't think I was in front of him at all for the whole eighteen court, uh, eighteen baskets. I got my hat handed to me by a thirteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's funny. So this really is. At least at the end of the day, you're like he might, he might look up to you. So, oh, Andy's my idol. He's so good. <laughs> But like this is only going to make sense to those that understand golf and how how the scoring works. But look, let me just um, I'm just going to put a big shout out to Magnus. That's his name, young dude. He got two birdies. He got one double bogey and one bogey. The rest of them were pars, which is pretty impressive for this course that mm. we played at. Me? <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I got three birdies, which is good. But then I got seven bogeys and one double bogey and just a small handful of pars i ended up six over par the wheels fell off the cart yeah i'll, I'll show you my score <laughs> see i'm the scorecard at the oh, bottom yeah. there at the bottom oh, yeah. uh oh. <laughs> so you see all my little fuck-ups and then yeah. magnus's little fuck-ups are not so uh not so prominent but yeah good little player 13 years old i got taught how to play disc golf today <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you and I used to play a little bit of golf. I think the last time you and I played golf together was rather... Cook's Beach. No, no. Was it then or was it the golf tournament? I think... I no, think... it probably was Cook's Beach, wasn't it? Yeah. I think we did the tournament before Cook's Beach. 
That was um, when we got a drunk halfway around and then forgot our golf. I forgot my golf club and had to walk all the way back down to one of the other holes and pick it up. <laughs> That's right. You had to walk about a kilometre to get it. Um, <laughs> oh, you dumbass! I think I lost about three. <laughs> I think I lost about five balls that day. That's right. That was the day you keep splicing them off and slicing them yeah. into the freaking creek. <laughs> I still still play a bit of golf with a couple of fire colleagues down here, and uh, we went to our local course, and. I've probably played with them about seven times now, and the first time I went out with them, I found this beautiful Nike ball, you know, like a Nike golf ball, like the proper Tiger Woods deal. Yep. And I have never lost that ball. I still have it. I've not lost it. So my golf's a little bit better now. You're too scared to lose it because it's expensive. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I haven't lost the ball, but I'm probably mm, 60 over par by the end of the game. <laughs> haven't lost the ball, but you lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this fairway, what's this one? Oh, it's a par four. Sweet. I'll probably do this in 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm like. Just smash it and go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the uh, happy Gilmore of golf. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about this this age difference between me and this young lad Magnus who wiped the floor with me at disc golf. And I was thinking recently, um, now that I'm, what am I now, 42? Got to think about how old I am these days. It's but um, I, I bought some beers recently and it just got me thinking. I, do you know I do not get ID'd anymore? Yeah, I'm at yep. that point in my life where nobody ever asks me for ID, and they I used to love it. They don't they even s- consider it. They just take no. one look at you and go, yeah, you're old. Yeah. <laughs> so when you go to the supermarket to buy beer, I generally go through the self-serve, and it'll go, um, assistance required. And then the staff member will come along, and they'll ask you how your day's going. I think they want you to talk to them so they can hear how mature you sound. But anyway, they always just ask me how my day's going. I say, yeah, it's going fine, thank you, and then they'll just hit approve. <laughs> Bloop. Yeah. Done. Uh, and I miss those days. I miss those days of being ID'd. Because when they said, oh, can you show me some ID? I was like, absolutely brilliant. This is like the best question you've, you're ever going to ask me. I'm still young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these days I just don't even get asked. And it's quite depressing. I actually had this conversation tonight with a couple of guys that I used to work with. And we're joking about how old our kids are and, you know, all that sort of thing. They're like laughing about the good old days and the trips we used to do away for work and stuff. And I said, yeah, I found myself the other day. I said, I walked past, I was walking past a mirror and I glanced at the mirror as I walked past and I kind of went, oh, who's that? <laughs> like, like who, who the hell is that old grey-haired fella walking? And I went, oh, and I realised it was me. <laughs> like, Jesus, man. I don't, I look at my, and the funny thing is you look at, you only ever, when you look in the mirror, you look at your eyes and or you look at your face and you go, oh, yeah, you know, we're having a shave or cleaning your teeth or something. You don't really take a good look and you go, holy shit. I'm getting old. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. A few more wrinkles and a few more (laughs) greys. I'm going to actually pluck my ear hairs now. Yeah, I found that too. (laughs) You know, know, like your ears, you've got those little nubs at the front. You know, these little nubs just at the front of your ears here. I've got hairs growing off those. And now when I shave my face, I'll give those a wee shave as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I shouldn't laugh. I did the same thing last night. Yeah, fucking hell. Maybe that's oh, why well. I don't get ID'd at the supermarket anymore. Maybe they look at my ears and see how many hairs i got poking out of them. Can you remember when you were a kid and you used to look at that old guy that was one around the supermarket or the old guy that was a teacher <laughs> at school or something, he hair growing out of his ears? And he used to go, <laughs> oh, my God, he looks like such an old man. And you go, 
I am that old man. (laughs) (laughs) That's me now. (laughs) Welcome to my life. We were joking about it tonight because um, one of my mates goes, oh, shit, he goes, I'm 45. He goes, I'll be freaking 46 next year. And I was like, yeah. I said, I remember when you and I were bloody just out of our teenage years and we're apprentices together. And he said, yeah, yeah, we had some good times here. We're going on about that sort of thing and blah, blah. And then, uh, yeah, we were just bloody chatting about some of the guys from work and one of the bloody guys I work with, he's, he's, um, he's a bit older. He's probably late 50s, but he's um, he's pretty much on his freaking deathbed at the moment. Eh? He's lost, they reckon he's lost 15 kilos in a few weeks, eh? Oh, it's so, a shut away. They found, they found that they actually, I just found out before, they were just texting me just before and they found, they said they, uh, he's been diagnosed with some big bloody tumour somewhere, so. Uh, fuck. So you think, shit. And you go, yeah. he's not that much older. He's only friggin' 15, 20 years older than us, you know, like you go, about the time you start looking after yourself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's- so what do we do? We get beer and drink it. Yeah. But still, though, I mean, it's debilitating, and it, it it's obviously it's not nice for someone to have to go through personally. But it just has such a knock on effect for everyone that knows them. Oh no, it's just a bit shit because, like, I don't know whether it's just the age we're getting to or not. But there just seems to be a lot of people around there that got illnesses at the moment. Like, cancer just seems to be fucking everywhere, man. Mm. My mm-hmm. um, uncle Martin. He passed away a while ago now, but he died on his 50th birthday. Um, Fuck that young, eh? Yeah, but, I mean, on his birthday. It's it's almost like he held on, in a way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's not really rife in our family, but, you know, it, it just takes one person to get it, doesn't it? Yeah. And it just, just, just destroys everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, it seems to be around a lot, like... I actually went to a guy's funeral last last week, actually, for one of them, um, a guy that was a manager for a company I worked for, and he he was only sixty two. wasn't an old, really old guy, but he got bowel cancer, and um, he was on the mend. But you know, they 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 got it all under control, and then he sort of had a relapse, and then um, ended up having a fall and broke his hip. And when they did the scans, they found there was cancer in his bones, and he only lasted about forty-eight hours after that. Eh? So he was that's just crazy. Wasn't good, you know. Lovely, real nice guy too. Great guy. Well, that's really a good guy. Happens to the best of them, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It happens to some yeah. really nice people, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but don't get me wrong; it shouldn't happen to anyone. But it always nah. seems to happen to the good people. Um, two words well, from the me. assholes seem to live longer. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> two words from me. Fuck cancer. That's dear right. Fuck cancer. Anyone out there who's been through it or is going through it or knows someone who's been through it, you have our sympathy. And I'm doing uh, I'm doing Movember this month. Yes. So Andy's been giving me shit about my little funny looking <laughs> mo on my face. So raising a bit of uh, money for cancer awareness and yeah. it's uh, prostate cancer, men's mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whole today, cancer and stuff as well. So today, um. Uh, ironically, is Gumboot Friday, which is, uh, is all about Friday, yeah raising raising funds for I Am Hope, which obviously helps people who are um, affected by mental health. But um, like yeah, I was I was giving you shit for your mo, but I'm giving you <laughs> I'm giving you shit more out of jealousy because I just can't grow one. Um, honestly, it annoys me because I got to shave it off all the time. <laughs> 
but this is it. Like you can see, I've got a bit of chin hair going on, and it's always I've always been a chin hair type of guy. But that's the only place I can really grow it consistently on my face. Yeah. If I try something on the upper lip, it's embarrassing. I have what you have now after twenty eight days into the month. <laughs> Shit. I have this after this is four days. Yeah. Four days. Yeah, about four or five days now. Um, yeah, I was, I was gonna, I was let it all grow up, and then I thought, ah, oh, I'm gonna do bloody um, Movember this year, so I'll just, I'll get, I'll get myself a bit of a head start. <laughs> so, like last night was the first time I'd had a shave in five days, so I shaved it all off, and then I went all around the edges, and then I did the whole ape hanging, you know, the handlebars down yeah, the sides yeah. there. Yep, yep. And I found I looked too much like my dad, so I shaved them off and just went <laughs> for the moustache. <laughs> no, see, at least you're making the effort. That's the main thing, and it's uh, it's all for such a good cause as well. So uh, I look forward to seeing how it progresses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I thought I'd do it this month because currently just with people I know around me at the moment, my sister-in-law has been suffering from breast cancer, and she's just been through some surgery and treatments for that. Mm. Um, my uncle's had prostate cancer and had his prostate uh, removed in some treatments. My father has just been diagnosed with prostate cancer. My, yeah, like I said, one of my um, work colleagues, guy mm. that I was dealing with a lot, he died from cancer just last week. Uh, God, it just keeps going, eh? My dad's next door neighbour, he's got bone cancer at the moment and he's pretty much on his fucking last legs. Um, it just seems to be everywhere, eh? And yeah, but- just, I mean, you try and do your best for people and help as much as you can, you know, but, and, and I mean, this is just one way to do it, grow a moustache and earn some money. <laughs> well, do, yeah, do what you can, but, you know, with all that going on around you, the other question is, are you okay? Yeah, mate, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm good, you know. I have suffered from mental health issues in the past, and that's another thing. It's men's mental health as well. That's uh, the whole Movember thing. Um, and I have suffered from that in the past, so mm. it's all it's all part of it, really. Eh? It's just um, learn to deal with things and move on and help other people as much as you can. Yeah, don't if don't. We're all, if we all help each other out in the long run, we'd all be much better off. Absolutely, and said, don't ever be afraid to talk about it. Oh, that's right. And what Mike King's doing with Gumboot Friday is amazing. You know, he's, yeah. he's doing a lot of good stuff for young people in New Zealand, which is good. He is, absolutely. And as we mentioned, today is actually Gumboot Friday, so it's uh, certainly a worthy cause. You can have a look at imhope.org.nz, find out a bit about it. You can make donations as well if uh, if you're that way inclined. Uh, right, yeah, so, look, uh, let's let's up the mood a teeny tiny bit. Uh, fancy Damn, a dad, a dad a joke dad off. Dad joke off. Dad joke off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dead joke. Oh, I'm keen for that. I've got to try and find some really nasty ones this week. <laughs> dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. Well, I think I'm dropping the ball on the nastiness because a lot of mine are just standard. Step no, bogs are right. bog standard I'm, I'm dad like, jokes. I'm so behind the eight ball. I've been trying to find funny jokes, but sometimes you just, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I've, I've, I've realised as of late... Um, and also because you've told me you've, you've you've found your kids having a listen to this podcast, and my kids have admitted that they listen. So I'm just trying to be like, right, is there a point where we need to sort of look at what kind of jokes we use because the kids <laughs> might be listening, or is it the fact that why are they listening? It's our That's podcast. Right. Let's do what the hell we want. <laughs> right. 
I'm going to start this because I've got a joke about what we were just talking about, not the cancer thing, but getting old. Right. Well, you know you're old when you can cough, fart, sneeze and pee all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the worst. Not that I've experienced it. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what do dentists call their x-rays? A toothpick. A toothpick? Come on, yeah. you got to explain. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> Was that a uh, shit joke or are you just slow? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a bit slow in your old age. <laughs> I am, mate. My brain... My brain's been fried this week. So, <laughs> a while ago, I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes. Turns out it was the refrigerator all along. <laughs> <laughs> a history degree is useless. There's no future in it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> a man gets home after work and finds his girlfriend dressed up as a policewoman. She says, you're being arrested for suspicion of being good in bed. <laughs> Two minutes later, she's getting dressed again. The man asks, will you take me to jail, officer? The woman sighs and says, no, your charges are being dropped on due to lack of evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I uh, saw a burglar kicking in his own door. He must have been working from home. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do that joke, but it's a bit crass. I won't do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Okay, I will. It's, it's, it's like a little bit inappropriate. We need, we need some crassness to balance out my lameness so far. I, I, took a, I took an epileptic girl to a rave once and jokingly told her, this place has rave reviews. She just rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. At least, at least your first aid trained, mate. You'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> hey, look, I was uh, trying to test my wife and asked her if she remembered when our anniversary was, and she said March first. So I walked around the room and asked again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like that. A skeleton walks into a bar and says to the bartender, "I'll have a beer and a mop." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, told the wife she needs to embrace her mistakes So she gave me a hug <laughs> oh, God. Dad jokes are bad jokes But actually they're good jokes Because we're dads Radio. I think, I'll be honest with you I think you won that one My, my dad jokes are pretty lame this time And I'll admit that, you know, because you know, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, well, open. I'm a bit bloody. Uh, I'm a bit out of this as well. I, you know, I just uh, I'm a bit, I've been a bit bloody slack this week. I feel, but that's all right. Mind you, though, that is the essence of a good dad joke. It's got to be cringe. Yeah. So, in some yep. respects, right. I think I think they were pretty good tonight. All right, mate. Well, uh, always a good catch up. Yeah, mate. It's been good. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you in a few weeks, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I'll well, I'll probably see you once before before we come down. Yeah, I think I think we got one more podcast before you're down here. But uh, yeah, it'd be good to catch up and have a bit of a breakfast uh, breakfast morning before you head back home again. Yeah, mate, it'd be good. Yeah, looking forward to it. Absolutely. I'll leave you with this thought for the day. Now, earlier on in the uh, show, there we were talking about the question: How do you ask for sex from your partner? So we were talking about that. <laughs> 
When you see lovers' names carved on a tree, I don't think it's sweet. I think it's surprising how many people bring a knife on a date. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. All right, mate, catch you next time. Okay. See you. See you later.